Look what I'm doing tonight. Ooh. Look at this. Is it a sour? It's not a sour. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. You know, yes, I, ma'am. I didn't like Belgians for the longest time. And uh, this one was at Bad Daddy's? Bad Daddy's Burger Place? Is that the yeah, burger place? Yeah. And they had it, and my wife would get it. <laughs> and uh, it would affect her profoundly. <laughs> it, as well, I recall, that's one of uh, Raleigh Brewing Company's higher gravity ones. Yeah, it's 9.2%. Yeah, yeah. So she would get a, a, a 20 ouncer and just oh. come come out of that place giddy. And uh, <laughs> so now, and she found it at her local grocery. So we went and got it and I'm, I'm like, yeah, all right. And I've been drinking it more and I actually like it. It's not a sour though. It's not. It's a tasty beverage. It is a tasty beverage. I think but they do a solid, a Bel- solid job over there. Yeah, it's a Belgian and I, I wasn't big on it, but now it's kind of grown on me. Mostly because I think my, it makes my wife giddy. so you know that's That's good you doing okay i haven't haven't seen you i'm on vacation i I know i've been making coffee by myself at the office it's Mm. been terribly lonely Mm. are you making good coffee or are you making crap coffee i've been making good coffee i almost sent you a picture of the coffee what the lid on the grinder turned yeah. in the correct orientation? Because I know you <laughs> like it a certain way. I'm not, but I, did, I, did, I didn't want to like disrupt your your vacation time. Chris, you you do not disrupt my vacation time. <laughs> Me sitting in a meeting at eight in the morning at the lakeside disrupts my vacation, but that's okay. Yeah, that sounded pretty terrible. Yeah, that's not your fault. I blame mm. others for that. Well, and now here we are. Here we are again, interrupting your vacation time once again. But again, to, to record, you don't interrupt my vacation time, That's Chris. Good. You're part of my joy in life. Ooh. So get us in here. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Chris Rump and Brian Dupuis. And this week, we're trying to decide what to back now that school's out for summer. School's out for summer. Doesn't get old. Alice Cooper, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know whether it was... Um, eh, I don't know whether it's originally his song. Like, did he, oh. did he cover it? Or was that an original Alice Cooper Somebody's going to be I, me for saying Yeah, that. were I playing trivia, I would have guessed it was an original. But I, I would too, but you never know these days, right? That's true. Yeah. Like, um, they have some odd music selections piped into the restroom in their office. <laughs> oh, yeah, they and do. And the other day I was in there and I was like, what in the world is this? It sounds like Brown Eyed Girl, but Jimmy Buffett singing it because <laughs> there were like steel drums. And I was like, this is not what? possible. It's like, oh take, take the worst song covered by someone who has no business singing that song. And sure enough, I went back to my office and went to Spotify. And, and you was found like, it. Did, did this ever happen? And sure enough, it's like, okay. Because for a minute, I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> I'm really out of here. <laughs> this is the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I do not care for Brown Eyed Girl, even though I do care for Van Morrison quite a bit. Hmm. 
I think it's just the overplayed quality of it. Yeah. Like every cover band has to do Brown Eyed Girl. What, Brick House, Brown Eyed Girl, and it seems yes. like there's another staple that every every band has to do. Because mm. they all bleed right, right into the next, one to the next. Okay. I was in a cover mm-hmm. band. I don't remember playing Brown Eyed Girl. Oh. Maybe I had the wrong cover band. We were a Sepultura cover band, so. <laughs> Just Metallica's one over and over. Yeah. On repeat. That was us. <laughs> I wish. So, are you happy that school is out, Chris? It, it, your school's out for uh, Nathan, right? It is indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, that wrapped up last week. So, school is out for summer. Yeah. And Julia, she's... Yep. End of the freshman year, she's a rising sophomore now. Man, that year seems like it went by really fast. You ain't kidding, my friend. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So, on vacation for a little bit to welcome summer. You're not You're not doing that? No. I need, to, I need to schedule it. Yeah. Got to have a summer vacation of some kind. Every time I think we're going to schedule a vacation, Rebecca schedules something else here in town. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure we have this weekend nailed down or whatever. And then she's like, we're doing swim camp that week or whatever. Mm. Okay. On to the next thing. Mm. Mm. Well, Chris, shall we yeah, enter man. the random crowdfunding zone? Kick things off. Yeah, baby. I want to tell you something about that campaign I mentioned last week, the Pico Brew. Yeah, I remember that one. Pico Brew, Pico U. So apparently that's not going to be a thing, and it's not because people weren't excited about it. It's not because they didn't far surpass their goal. Okay. Apparently Pico Brew announced that they are going to postpone the campaign, so they've pulled it from Kickstarter, Hmm. which is... This is maybe the first project I think I've ever seen that's kind of in this situation where they had raised $435,000 around that neighborhood, which is like way past their threshold that they were trying to meet. Right. And they're pulling back. They're saying, we're not going to make it. Not right now. They want to make it later on, but they they didn't want to shift their focus from all the stuff they have currently in their pipeline to also trying to, to... finish out this campaign which in some ways is like didn't they think about that before they put the campaign up on kickstarter it's a little short-sighted to me honestly yeah ah i don't know man i'm kind of like i know that the article mentioned that some people were disappointed whether where other people were applauding the transparency but to me i don't know it feels I, were I a backer, I would probably be kind of pissed because, <laughs> you know, not, it, it would be one thing if they didn't meet their numbers and they canceled in order to, you know, kind of save face or something. But they were wildly over the funding target. And, you know, it, it, it kind of breaks the I don't know. I, I would have a hard time trusting Pico again if I were one of the backers after this kind of thing, right? It's like, well, I'm not jumping in the next time because you'll just cancel it again. It's really weird. Yeah, they've, I mean, they have such a good history of of putting products up on Kickstarter and making good on them. Like, they're a, they're a viable business. It's just strange that, mm-hmm. yeah, this one had excitement and then got pulled. I, too, don't know exactly how I would, how I'd feel about that as a backer. 
And it's interesting. The reactions are mixed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do get it. <laughs> On one hand, if, if it honestly was just them running too fast and right. they were able to rein themselves back in, like that is a good thing to, to have that transparency, that self-awareness yeah. so that they didn't disappoint everyone. I guess if the alternative is having yet another large failure of a campaign, right? And and becoming news in 12 months when the backers didn't get what they had bargained for because there wasn't enough money to cover it due to other circumstances, then that's, you have to give them credit for being upfront and making the right decision. But it still leaves a bad taste in your mouth that from what I can tell, you know, like you said, why why even start the campaign? It, it, you know, it, it's hindsight maybe is twenty twenty, but why even? Unless here's the other option: maybe it was so wildly successful that they looked at the production runs that would be required and figured out that you know this puts us at a risk of not being able to deliver all of them that have been requested, and uh, let's. Let's put a hold on it until we can get out from under our other obligations so that we can concentrate more fully on this. And if it is such a big success, be able to deliver on that big success. Yeah, that is interesting. But then I think the, I think that's, that, that's a really good point, except okay. um, the CEO did say that they attributed lower funding for this campaign or they attributed lower. Yeah. They, so they, had canceled it because it did not like raise as much as previous campaigns, okay. like at least not as fast out of the gate. Sure. Well, yeah. And, I mean, this one was at what four hundred thirty-five right thousand dollars, whereas the previous one was almost two million. Yeah. So it wasn't right. The, yeah. So maybe it wasn't doing as well as they had hoped. And oh, in that yeah. case, they thought maybe it was this timing of summer coming up and that they would try again later, like around the typical time frame where they've launched in the past. But then like, it, like you were mentioning earlier, <laughs> how many of these backers are going to come back? Yeah. If I got burnt, even though they're, they didn't get charged, I would still yeah. feel less trust in the company after this. Right. Even though I didn't get burned they're that they've kind of, yeah, I, I wouldn't even say acted in bad faith, but Hmm. I would just have an, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it's Very a weird situation to be in. An interesting move. Again, uh-huh. it, it'll be interesting to follow it and see where it leads in eight, nine months if they do another campaign and see. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to follow them carefully and see what happens in the next one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably will follow it just because it was on my radar in the beginning. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But speaking of failures, okay, were you familiar with Coolest Cooler? So this uh, Kickstarter no. campaign. Okay, so this is, I think it, and it might be like the second largest funded campaign ever on Kickstarter. Okay, is that right? I thought you'd be able to know, and you could correct me. Anyways, it's like it was a huge <laughs> success. They raised I'm taking your word for it millions, like. 13 or 14 million dollars. 13 million dollars. Yeah. So this is a huge campaign. And it was for this kooky beverage cooler that had just about everything you can imagine bolted onto it. Like, I think famously, like the most notable thing was a blender. 
that just kind of slotted onto the top, but it okay. also had like electric batteries inside of it so that you could charge USB devices and like LEDs under the, the lid so you could see what you're reaching into the cooler and getting at night and like bungees and bottle openers and a radio I think was even maybe in it. Like it's it was just yeah. this crazy like all the things you usually bring to the beach. Let's just glom it onto this cooler. <laughs> and so I think the weird thing about the way this played out over time mm-hmm. was they started selling this through retail channels before they made good to all their backers. Ooh. Okay. Well, and here we are. Yeah. And so that was back in 2014. And they still have not met all their obligations to their backers. So they're like, now we have a new plan to pay for the 20,000 undelivered coolers to the backers that they still owe them. And their plan is <laughs> to create even more product. <laughs> so they want to try and sell like accessories, batteries and chargers for the coolers to try and, you know, we were talking about, we've talked for a few weeks now about kind of these pyramid schemes where mm, you start yeah. getting in too far mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we're going to need another thing so we can make good to these backers that we've kind of shafted for, for years and years. Yeah. So let's try and sell some more things to go deeper into debt, maybe even to, to try and make good on these obligations. And I think some of that impetus is coming too, because they, there've been settlements, uh, court settlements yeah, like in Oregon over this, mm-hmm. um, where they would have owed money to backers that did not receive a cooler by a certain date. So it's $20. Yeah. That seems like a pretty modest sum. It sounds like a situation where well, especially if came they spent in and scooped up all the bucks. fees. <laughs> right. But and uh, it's an interesting one because <laughs> I don't know if he got all the way to the bottom, but if it fails, the settlement quote requires Grepper and his company to pay $20 to each backer who didn't get a cooler. And again, it was a $200 <laughs> right. backing and continuing, continuing the quote, this financial obligation shall not be subject to discharge in bankruptcy. So even if they go into bankruptcy proceedings, they're going to have to uphold this side of the settlement the court was just like eh, eh, nope you're not getting out from under it with bankruptcy this time oh <laughs> goodness i love that the comments section of their kickstarter campaign is like still active oh <laughs> it's like no. four years later people are still like you're a fraud i never got my cooler father's day is approaching <laughs> never oh, mind this stupid no. decision i made <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah that's rough is that all we had for the random crowdfunding zone? That is, isn't it? I think it? so, man. It was pretty light this week. Yeah, I admit, summer is in full swing for me. Uh, like I said, I'm on vacation, and so I, um, I've i been... <laughs> my preparedness is poor, Chris. Mm, that's forgivable, because uh, you're on vacation. Yeah, I was out at the lake, you know, sipping margaritas and paddle boarding and all that good stuff. Well... Uh, ordinarily, now would be the time when we go into the mentionable zone. What's the problem there, Chris? Uh, I think we both put in zero mentionables. I do have a mentionable thing, even though it's Yay! not something I loved. Okay. When I was searching for the thing to back this week with our topic in mind, school's out for summer. Okay. I just didn't really know where I'd end up, so I just went to Kickstarter and started clicking through the categories. And I started with the art category being at the beginning of the alphabet. Mm, yeah. 
I am so tired of this campaign called 50 States, 50 Billboards. <laughs> I think I shouted this one out to you like right before we started mm-hmm. recording this to get your attention on this. Yeah. W- what a mess this is. So there's this campaign running, 50 States, 50 Billboards, and they've decided to litter Kickstarter with 50 different campaigns, a campaign for every state that is basically the exact campaign uh-huh. just cut, copied and pasted. And really, like I said, if you go into the art category right now, that's pretty much all you see, or it's 80% of what you see when you're looking at the first couple of pages. It's unconscionable. Wow. That's annoying. Yeah, like, couldn't they have set it up differently? Like, one campaign with maybe different... Yes, they could have, Chris. <laughs> 50 different pledge levels? Yeah. I'm almost <laughs> positive they could have. Oh. And they probably would have been more successful, too, instead of having the 50... Ideas? 50 projects that each of them probably won't get funded have one project that might, yeah. in conglomeration, get funded. I think the idea was, you know, I actually was curious. Maybe it worked. I went in and looked briefly. But I think the idea is to, in states, to reserve billboards to space so that artists can put projects up there. I mean, that's kind of interesting. But like I okay. said, man... Clean up your Kickstarter campaigns, dude. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's making me angry. <laughs> oh, Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah. Arr. I guess I have one thing I can mention. I forgot to mention it last time. I got a Ooh. thing. Oh, follow up. Yeah. Have you gotten any things? Because I got a thing. Not recently. I got my uh, Nowhere, the greatest travel writing anywhere. Do you remember that one? Oh. I do. From journalism? Yeah, from season one. Uh, my journalism campaign finally came in. They had a little trouble with shipping. Like, they had sent everything out, and then they said, hey, if you didn't get your thing, let us know. And I said, mm, hey, didn't get my thing. So, oh. to their credit, they shipped the new one right out. And um, I sent you a picture. I will include it in the, in the post or on Twitter of my little journal. And it's roughly 100 pages worth of of journal. I've read through uh, parts. Uh, basically, I took it out to QB because I figured when I'm traveling in QB, that would be a perfect time to read travel journalism. And I've read through some of the stories, and they're very engaging, well-written stories. The pictures are very pretty and tell a story of travel. And so I, I'm pleased with what I got. So nowhere cool the book looked really cool is it as good in person as the picture looked like the binding and everything yeah they they did a really good job putting it together yeah so i'll bring it in so you can see it at some point too after my vacation (laughs) nice yeah so that's it that's the only thing i got my my fermentation lid still has not arrived (laughs) oh no (laughs) But I do, like, uh, just now out of just entertainment value, I do frequent the comments section on the on the project page every now and again. Mm, okay. Um, it's really interesting. This guy, Brian Sigmund, that ran this fermented health campaign for the Firmlock lid, like, people are, I guess, mining the the corners of the interwebs now, oh, like, dear. trying to find this guy. And they've discovered oh, no. him on some other websites, I guess, with a new venture called... Ultimate Skip Trace, Uh-oh. which is, I guess, his, whatever, his his new venture. 
Okay. On skip tracing. Are you familiar with skip tracing? It sounds familiar. Is that the... Mm, no, I'm not even going to try to guess. What is it? Yeah, I guess it's like when you need to find a person or persons, like oh. basically based around the idea of skipping town. Okay. Yeah, that isn't yeah. what I thought. So good. That you could submit names and for a fee, they'll try and give you whatever, real estate records or phone records or try and find their location. So I was like, uh, given the way this project's been going, it's pretty ironic. This guy's next scheme was around skip tracing because he's had a lot of firsthand experience with skipping out on people. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. It's, per- it's pretty ironic. Mm. Have you posted anything? I did. did I you? think I posted almost word for word that <laughs> what I just said about oh. <laughs> the irony of him skipping out on this project. So that's probably the last I'll mention about the old firm lock. But like I said, I'm getting some entertainment Unless value out of it at least. Chris? There might be. I mean, hey, it, maybe I'll eat crow and it'll show up on my doorstep. Yep. Have some faith, my mm-hmm. friend. I try. <laughs> Is it time? Yeah, man. Let's move to the back to zone. The, the, the what? Sorry, Unkar Palut. What is it? <laughs> Give it to me, Unkar Palut. The Bact Zone. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Do you want to go first? Um, sure. All right. I'll, I'll be happily, happily in the zone to go first. <laughs> this week, I backed a project called Little Sue Kitchen Academy, a creative cooking box for kids. Kids, kids, kids. <laughs> this is <laughs> a creative I, cooking box. I for saw kids. this and I was like, "That is the cutest thing I've ever seen." It's yeah, thoughtful. so my tie-in, of course. Uh, you know, learning can't stop when you move into the summer. You need to keep that going. So, this is a instructive cooking box, kind of a part of the new gig economy, where you subscribe for boxed services that arrive at your household monthly or so, right? Um, and what this is is a kid-friendly cooking box comes to your house. I think that each month they include some sort of kid-friendly cooking utensil so that your little one can kind of build up their kitchen arsenal. And then it also includes things like uh, food education materials, like how to taste for certain things in foods, Mm -hmm. as well as steps on how to make a product. And then how to use that product in different recipes, which just looked really cool to me. You know, we try to involve Nathan a lot in the cooking that we do, even at the age he is, because I want him to have an appreciation for like what goes on in the kitchen. And we always keep trying to feed him new foods, you know, even if he spits them out or (laughs) kind of throws a fit about it, you know, like we continually try to put those things in front of him because I don't know, I uh, you're like more powerful have... than me, man. Well, I don't think I had the most uh, uh, wide variety of foods no, growing up, unless neither. it had sugar in it. We ate tons of sugar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just trying to correct that in this little generation that we're bringing up. I dig it. Um, it's very thoughtful. It's a thoughtful little little thing. Yeah, and the prototype materials they had just looked really, really good. And they have this website already um, called the Little Sue. I think it's just the Little Sue or Little Little Sue Academy. Mm-hmm. So they already have a newsletter that's pretty popular and, and growing. Um, and their website has great learning resources for cooking and other sort of 
uh, instructional materials and because I spent a little bit of time on their website and it looks it looks neat. So I guess this is kind of their next step now that they've built up this digital presence. They want to actually start kind of coalescing some of these learning ideas and getting them into people's homes so that you can be more interactive, which I think is a pretty good idea. So I was happy to back it. And the other thing I was surprised at, so a box is about $25 okay. to get that shipped to your house. And like I said, it can includes the utensil. The sample box they have right out of the gate is a cheese-making adventure. Right. So they're going to show you how to make like a ricotta cheese and then use that in different recipes. And then the utensil that they supply with it is a cheese slicer. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's an OXO cheese slicer. And those things are probably in the neighborhood of 10 to $15 themselves. Right. So that seems like a pretty good value with the utensil put in there and then the, the learning materials as well. It actually but, is an OXO cheese slicer. For example, okay. the direct quote, our inaugural box comes with an OXO wire cheese slicer. Retail price, $15. So I didn't just hallucinate all that? You did not. That's good. Even the little prep that I did for tonight uh, <laughs> recording, something stuck around in my brain. <laughs> so that's good. Um, the, so the early bird pricing for this is $20 right now. You can get in for the first uh, box, which is the cheese box. And then $40 is the early bird pricing for the first two boxes. And then $50 is the early bird pricing for boxes one, two, and three. And that's interesting. That actually seems to be their most popular one with 92 backers. I thought that the first, you know, just like, because I, I backed it just the one box level, just to sort of get my get my little taste and see what it's like, you know, see if it's something I'd want to continue on with. And there are only 20 backers at that level. So... I like the uh, faith that people have just jumping right in there to, mm-hmm. to, the, to the big, to the deep end of the pool. So that's cool. Uh, I guess I should mention their goal. They were trying to get $15,000 this past week that they passed that. They're now at $16,283 yep. with a total of 217 backers. And this wraps up in July. So Saturday, July 7th is when this wraps up. So as we're recording, still 23 days to go. Yeah. Good so, for them. Plenty of time. Yeah. yeah, it looks great. So I think I found something idea. good. And it's kind of schooly. School's mm-hmm. out for summer, so, you know, get a little additional learning over the summer. That's right. You can't just sit around on the sofa and watch cartoons all summer. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> if you do, your dad's going to put you to work at the chicken farm. <laughs> at least no. that's, how it goes. that's how it goes in my experience. Oh. No. <laughs> That's right. You did, didn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I thought, uh, I had blocked those memories out of my mind. Your stories. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a little too dark for today. Many a summer in the sweltering heat. We can't, we can't talk about the chicken farm. Elbow deep and. No. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Think of the listeners, Chris. And gross. Okay. (laughs) Gosh. I've totally forgotten about that. Nah. Good find, man. So what'd you end up with? I ended up with another game. I did it again. I did it again. I was astonished. And I freely admit, I might have... um, What's the word I want to use? Subtly guided our theme selection for 
this Fortnite in order to make it easier for me to back this because I found it last time and I really wanted it, but I really wanted to use it <laughs> for this time. So whenever we came out with schools out for for summer, I was like, yes, I can use my my idea. So this is on tour, a strategic roll and write board game. Uh, I'm assuming you took a look. This one, I freely admit, yep. grabbed me immediately. Like I almost backed it last time for fit for royalty, but I, I couldn't find a way to attach it to royalty very easily aside from it just looks so awesome that I figured royalty would want it. Since it's a, it's a giant picture of the United States of America. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> hmm, that's tough. That's, that's a tough sell for fit for royalty, but for schools out for summer, summer vacation, you travel during vacation on tour. Boom. I win. So perfect. Yeah. Uh, but the artwork really grabbed me and the campaign really grabbed me. And honestly, I think the gameplay is going to be really fun. So what is this? I even went to Board Game Geek, Chris. I did it. This is a game for one to four players. Or if you buy multiple sets, you can get up to 12, even more if you really want to. It's a simultaneous game. It's you get a card that has the United States on it, right? And each of the states has a circle on it that you have to fill in. And that's the first part of the game is you roll dice and you pick one of the cards that um, they have three cards, West, Central, and East. I think there's actually many more cards than that, but there's three different regions of the United States that you can fill in, possibly more, but at least three. And then you take that, number and you fill in one of the states in the region that you are supposed to fill in. All of that sounds easy. And if you did it naively, that would, that would finish it up. So you finish up the, that part of the game by filling in all the states with the numbers that you rolled. What you then have to do is create the longest route from state to state by only moving up in value of numbers. Okay. You got what I'm saying? Yep. So it behooves you, if you did it naively, you're probably going to have a really short route. But if you try to play the game the way it's meant to be played, you have to be planning, okay, now where am I going to put this number so that I can get my longest route? There's also some additional little details to the game. For instance, these cards that you pick up, they will show a region, but they will also have a state starred on the card. And you're welcome to choose that state and write your number in that state, and then you can circle it, in which case, if you actually make that part of your route, you get double points for that state. So that's the additional little gameplay wrinkle. So it's actually, like it says, you can play this by yourself. You can just roll it and try to create the longest route solo, a little solitaire game of this, or compete against family and friends. I really think that this is a deceptively easy, but actually pretty damn hard game of roll and write. I I just, ah, it just sounds like so much fun. So I just picture us, you know, in QB, we're taking a break somewhere and it's like, hey, why don't we play a a game of on tour and just go for it? So that's cool. Yeah. There's that, the art styles that they've created. Have you seen the, the maps? I mean, they're really attractive. Yeah, they're very colorful. Yeah, um, very saturated, like 
Mm-hmm. I was going to say primary colors, but it's not. It's red, yellow, and greens, so almost primary colors. And they have they have different themes for each of the the things. So they have the rock map, and they've also they're also coming out with some other other maps, like a a reggae map or a jazz map or something. It the conceit is that you're a band on tour, and right. you have to go to all these states, and how many states can you visit? And, and that that's just a little. A little storytelling conceit in order to make it a little more interesting, but ah, I just think it's beautiful. I think it'll be fun. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I spoiled my backed pick on Twitter because this is actually ending in three hours as we're recording, and <laughs> I didn't want to deny people our our listeners who follow us on Twitter. I didn't want to deny them so that they could get in on it if they wanted to take a look before it ended because I just thought this was so cool. So it might not be a surprise to everyone, but <laughs> I I didn't want anybody to miss out if they needed to get in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, it looks like they um, actually did okay. It, yes. According according to, to the goal that they were trying to meet. Mm-hmm. They had a goal of $20,000. They raised almost $100,000. They're at 90635 as of right now, with two hours to go, actually. It has oh, you should refresh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Do they got more monies? Yep. They're up to... Oh, my past, God! Past six figures. They raised $12,000 in the time since we started recording. <laughs> yep. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's our listeners that saw me tweeting it. Way to go, guys. So Good job, Backer Nation. Yeah. But... I just think it's going to be very fun. They're projecting delivery in December, if I recall correctly. January. Oh, yeah, they have multiple ones. So I think whenever I backed it was talking about December. So, huh. yeah, that's what I backed. I'll tell you honestly, one thing I like for this kind of scale of game too is the fact that it's, well, they state that it can be done in like a game played in 20 minutes. Yep. And that's really nice for these kind of quick little pickup to pass the time games, especially, you know, I think every everybody needs quick little games like this that you were mentioning. You could just play with your family during some, some down times, some wind down times. You know, I think something quick where you can get a few games in is, is a really nice way to just kind of, kind of chill. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if you're in a, you know, a longer running game session where you're playing some of those games that really make your brain hurt <laughs> to be able to, you know, like those three or four hour epic games. Uh, it's really nice to be able to break up that sort of tension with some games that only last, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. I agree. So here's the cool thing. I don't know if you saw the stretch goals. Did you see? I that? did not. No, they're making a companion app at the 50, oh. at the $50,000 level. They're making a companion app that will allow you to play solo. And at the $75,000 app, you can, backers will get it for free. So I will get a free companion app that I can play on tour on my phone for free. Nice. Solo. So a little solitaire game. Although I got to tell you, as much as I'm a Kindle guy and I like my e-reader and all of that good stuff, I really think I'm going to enjoy the physical you know, writing down of numbers on a, on a well-designed and beautiful fiberboard thing, you know, and erasing it and writing it again and rolling dice. I just think, I think the mechanics of it will be enjoyable. So maybe not a digital thing for me, but 
I'm pleased yeah. with this one. I was excited about this one for almost a month now, so I'm glad I could finally talk about it. Oh, I like it. You know, I'm a fan of analog things. Mm-hmm. I'll even play with you sometime, Chris. Awesome. Yeah, man. So is that it? Mm. That must be it. That's it. Goodness gracious. We, we powered you, through uh, that. Get back to your vacation. Yeah, I got to pack. We're traveling. I got to go to a wedding on Friday. Ooh. Yeah. 500 miles away. <laughs> I like the look on your face. You, you don't know. I, I have no response to that. Yeah. So I got to go pack up and maybe we should tell the people what our next theme will be. That's uh, that's what we do. That is what we do. <laughs> that's how we do it. Share it with them, Chris. Well, next time we picked the theme, now that we are in summer, mm-hmm. in the sweltering heat down here in the oh, south. Oh, God, yes. The great outdoors. Yep. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you are? A little bit. Uh, of the heat? No. Of of finding something worthy of of the theme and, and of our listeners' time. I'm pretty excited that I think I'll be able to find something. Will you like, be able to find a a pen? I'm pretty sure I can finagle this to get a fountain pen. You might need those in the great outdoors. <laughs> if if for no other reason than as a weapon. Oh man, we um we haven't recorded since I went to the Triangle Pen Show, right? No. Yeah. Maybe I don't need another fountain pen. I kind of you did. We buy talked a pen. about I'd kept things in reserve. Yeah, so. <laughs> You were supposed to buy the magnetic one, but no, <laughs> no. You Still fell I, prey uh, to the machinations of the pen aficionados. I did. I met the very talented Jonathan Brooks from Carolina Pen Company, and he he wooed me into buying one of his custom pens. Mm. That's so. okay. You supported I'm, I'm, a local artisan, Chris. I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah, there's no need to be ashamed of that. You did a good thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm already looking forward to the next one, the next pin show. <laughs> are you going to bring me? Or are you going to teach <laughs> me the ways? Would you like to come? I was, that was the first pen show I've ever been to. And I was overwhelmed when I first got there. <laughs> like I was super intimidated. Uh, I thought about fleeing the premises, but <laughs> I, I stayed strong. I went in, actually found Brad Dowdy from Knock Co. Mm-hmm. And, uh, kind of asked his advice on how best to attack the show and like what vendors I, you know, actually had to put on my dance card, the the (laughs) ones that I could not stand to miss. Okay. So he gave me excellent guidance. Awesome. So that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, we'll get you there next year. We'll get you into a, a burgeoning pen addict yourself. Yes. I wrote with my fountain pen today. Sweet. Yeah. Was it joyous? It was. Thing just glides onto the paper, doesn't it? It does. My daughter nice. wrote with the fountain pen today. She was like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. That's all of our time for today. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Backers is produced by Brian Dupuy and Chris Rumpf. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at @backerspodcast or individually at Coldforged and at Rumpy. Join us again next time when our theme will be the great outdoors. And until then, back responsibly.